Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode, my loves. I'm so excited to introduce the first guest in our wellness series, Neelam. Neelam is an intuitive holistic practitioner with over 25 years in the wellness industry. Through a body-based psychotherapeutic approach, yogic practices, awakening breathwork, and intuitive transformational coaching, Neelam works with clients to shift unhealthy patterns, limiting beliefs, regulate and balance the nervous system, heal the inner child, ancestral, and core wounding. In this episode, we talk about what core trauma is, how it impacts our businesses, relationships, and parenting, common patterns and symptoms, and how we can begin healing it now. I really wanted to have a conversation with you around core wounding just because I feel like it's really important work it's a work that I think a lot of people aren't even aware of um and so let's just dive right into that like maybe we can just talk about what core wounding actually is and then we can lead into how it can show up in our lives absolutely yeah it's so important so many people now are on this path of awakening and self-development and and wanting to improve their life and really go to to be the best person that they can be mm-hmm. and reach their highest potential. Yet what's often showing up are things that are in our way of that. And many of us who have a level of self-awareness, we start to see patterns. And, you know, we might be on a particular journey into something let's say we you know we've got a new business going and we we've you know really excited about it but then at some point something takes us out of there like something goes wrong and of course things do go wrong normally in life but we start to see patterns showing up um they may be relationships that are continually we think oh wow this is the one this is really amazing and then three months down the track or six months down the track we're in the same position we were in the last relationship. Different person, different circumstances, but at the at the core of it, we actually feel the same. So if I talk into relationships, I like to talk relationships and business are often very much the same. We get the same patterns show up. They do look different, but if you really settle back into yourself and you look at, okay, what is the feeling I have here? You'll find it often feels the same. So it might be, for instance, you know, you get a, you're in a new relationship or a new job or whatever, and it's all great in the beginning, and then suddenly things just, or over time, things start to show up, and before you know it, those relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship or a work or career relationship, are falling apart. And what is it that you're experiencing? And this experience might be something, for example, for myself, it's always like there's something wrong with me. 
That's how I feel. Now, sure, it doesn't actually show up that. I can say that because I've worked deeply with my core wound. And I'll go, okay, so it might be at first, oh, they did this and they did that. And there's all sorts of external things. But when the dust is settled and we're alone within ourselves, if we go back to how do I really feel about this partner leaving me, cheating on me, whatever, whatever it might be, what do I really feel here? Like I'm being abandoned again. Do I feel like I'm unworthy? And for me, my, my sentence is always, there's something wrong with me. So this is my core wounding. And this core wounding goes right back to a very young age. So when I work with people, we might be talking about what's going on today for them, might be this recent experience of a breakup, say, or their career not working out. And as I talk into that, we start to get to that real feeling. And it, it does take a lot of patience to do that. So, it, you, know, I'm, you know, my experience is that I'm able to really watch a person's body language, listening for certain words, and then get that person to that point where they're feeling that emotion and then let's go deeper and deeper and often then we will find there is something like some sort of unworthiness, not being wanted, there's something wrong with me because what that core wounding is is the inner child. So something's happened in the childhood. Now it can be during the childhood but it can we can also be born into this so it can be ancestral and, and part of our family system. But let's say it's something that happened in a child like, for instance, mum and dad are fighting and the child doesn't understand why mum and dad are fighting. You know, they might be just fighting over the bills, right? But the child, there's something wrong in the environment. But the child doesn't go, well, there's something wrong with them. The child goes, there's something wrong with me or I'm not wanted or, you know, I don't matter. There will be something like that. And this child will take that on take that energy on and create a, a mindset, a way of thinking about the world from that space. So then they go along and then there's, you know, a few months later or a couple of years later, something happens at school, let's say, or with their friends or siblings. And again, the child, because they, they're basically developing a pattern, a way of seeing the world, when there's something maybe going wrong in the environment, people are upset again. So it might be like another upset somewhere. Maybe the teacher's angry at school. The child will go, there's something wrong with me or I'm not wanted or whatever it might be that the child perceives. And so this develops into another way of being. So, so for some people, it might be that they get angry and they act out. And this is a typical thing of boys, like something, you know, they don't feel comfortable in this environment, there's something wrong. And so to, to often stop maybe parents from fighting, they might start being naughty, throwing their toys, you know, or they run away. It's a typical thing that boys will do is they run away. So they develop this, this way in their personality of avoiding anything. And any time there's any emotional upheaval, they run away, right? Mm. Um, for a little girl, she might just go really quiet. 
Or she might also try to fix the situation by being really nice and helpful. Mm. Right? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm, <clears throat> I feel like there's so much I want to just speak into what you were saying because there's so much wisdom there. First of all, thank you for sharing what your core wound is because I think it just, when we share authentically like that, it gives people permission to be like, oh my gosh, yes, this amazing spiritual teacher, she has a core wound too. Okay, got it. She claims it. She understands she's working to heal it. I think like the awareness is so important and just speaking into it is so important. But a couple of things I was like striking with me as you were speaking and it was about, okay, so our core wound comes from something that happened to us in childhood. However, it could be something that was ancestral, but for now, let's, let's, let's use the context of it happened in your childhood. And, um, we basically develop these like coping mechanisms. And it was interesting that you said that the relationships and business can have similar patterns. And then you spoke into what a little boy may do versus what a little girl may do. And it was, I almost had to laugh because I'm like, we see those exact patterns that you explained in relationship, in romantic relationship. Mm. So we've got the little girl who's people pleasing and just wants to be loved and Mm -hmm. may, you know, go into fond uh, response of just, you know, surrendering and, and like, I'll do whatever it takes for you, you know. And then the the little boy is like, you know, um, avoidant, like, let me, I need to get out of here. I don't want to look. And you can see why, you know, so many of uh, the people I work with in in the context of relationship, that's the challenge. You know, the woman wants to talk about it. The man just wants to get the heck out of there. And it's not that they don't love each other. It's just that they're both going into their trauma responses exactly. and what worked for them in the past, and it's being so disruptive to something that's so important to them now. That's right, and this is where we we have to use our awareness to see that this is a pattern, you know, and, and it, as you said, this is a very typical, it, you know, it can be the other way around. <clears throat> There's no rules for that, but, yeah, it is a very common that the, that the woman wants more um, connection and closeness And she'll do anything for that. So she'll people please, she'll forgive, she'll, you know, step over her own boundaries. I mean, I'm that person, you know, I have a boundary, but you know what, I I will, you know, accept an apology and allow someone to step over my boundary a thousand times because I'm wanting love, you know, it's, and then a man will want love as well, but he doesn't know how to deal with all that emotion because, you know, in the family, he couldn't deal with that emotion at the time. And particularly, this is one of the things for men is that he couldn't deal with his mother's emotions. You know, he's, especially if he's very young, because the child is connected to the mother's nervous system. So this is all caught in our nervous system and affects the way we think. And so um, so the, the boy is like, oh my goodness, he's so upset about mum. He's seeing maybe dad's, you know, getting louder and yelling. So that's a typical thing. And so he just wants to run away. He wants to jump on his push bike and run away or go out and play with the dog, right? So he, he will do that in relationship. When his woman gets emotional and upset men find that just so overwhelming the woman wants to kind of like come in and fix everything by talking out and and you'll see that a little girl will do that she'll be like mommy 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 you know and she'll even inter little girls will interrupt parents arguing 
sometimes, you know, if they've got that personality or they'll go away and be really quiet. So, yeah, just you'll see those patterns and we often attract people who will play those patterns out for us because relationships are, and I, you know, I, I, I remember I came across a teaching, amazing teachers many, many years ago, like I'm talking like 25 years ago, and, and it was a book um, by some great um, Buddhist teachers, actually. I think they were Buddhist teachers. And it's called Relationships as a Pathway to Enlightenment, right? So, you, you know, when this is why, because we will attract people. And often, if we are anxiously attached, we will attract an avoidant. And then we're going to trigger each other. And if we say typically, you know, he's going to run away, she's going to chase. <laughs> and, you know, and it's all core wounding. So what we want to do then is, you know, if we use our consciousness and we go, you know, right, okay, this is, we're not sitting here like as our adults in our full I am going, okay, look, this is going on in our relationship and we need to sort through this, like we might in business where we're not so attached, right, emotionally. Instead, we, we get all emotional or we run away, but we need to, like, look at that and go, okay, is this is an experience I've had before and we're really, truly honest with ourselves and that's where the core wounding is. So we then have to look at, okay, so we can all start to go, okay, yeah, I see those patterns, I see those patterns and, yeah, I do that. Um, but then the work is how do I heal that? Mm. Mm. You know, how do I heal those core wounding? Because it's one thing to be able to identify them, to understand them, like to know it cognitively. However, it's very hard to change these childhood patterns and guess what? They will be ancestral because mum has the same pattern and dad has the same pattern and there's no mistakes there. And so it's it's in your DNA, right? It's in every cell of you to think and behave in these particular ways. So you can't think your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So what you said about the child not being able to handle the mother's emotions is fucking huge, okay? Yeah. Because, okay, and this really speaks into, number one, why it's so important for us to be doing the work and why we need to, like, build up, not only heal, but then go to the next level of building up our emotional intelligence. Because the mother really is, I believe, the key to healing the world. Because we are the ones that create the next generation. And then, as you said, we're their nervous system, we are based, the, the child has no identity outside of the mother until the age of two. And then they're still being programmed by their environment until the age of seven. So they're literally just picking up every single pattern you're putting down for them. So I think it's so interesting to, that was like an aha moment when you said that, you know, it was our inability, a lot of times it's our inability to handle our uh, mother's emotions. And it's just like, as a mother, I just see that it's, it's true, you know, and like what patterns am I creating for my kids? Like what, what kind of adult am I nurturing by the way that I'm being at home. It's just so important. Exactly. And um, you're kind of parlaying into, you know, how do we then heal this wound? Like, let's say we become aware of it. The key is understanding that this is a pattern and that whatever problem you're having in your present day, even though it feels new, it's not new. It was an old pattern that was established young in, in age. And you're saying you can't think your way through it. So I'd love for you to speak into how do we 
heal these these core wounds. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just just want to step back a little bit in what you were saying about, you know, like say present day, you're a mom and of course, you know, we all have trauma and we have core wounding and we're all working towards that. So again, you know, there's no perfect mother. But one thing that's really important, if we are having a dysregulated moment, you know, our, you know, our nervous system is dysregulated because that's what it is, and we know that our child is does not have their own nervous system, they're always trying to regulate the environment, and that's why children will either freeze and fawn or they'll, they'll act out, they'll scream, they'll cry, they'll carry on because they're trying to regulate the environment or they're they regulate the nervous system of what they're experiencing through the mother, okay? But one thing we can do is if we do do have a moment where we're not at our best self and our child is witness to that, if we go back to thinking like if we were the, the little one and mum and dad are having a fight over the bills, let's say, just really something simple, not even talking about crazy domestic violence or anything like that, which is what I had experienced. But let's just say mum and dad are arguing and the kid is a little bit sort of concerned and doesn't know... You, you know, it's really important that that as the adults we we actually check in with the kid and say, our child, and say, you know, um, that everything's okay with them. This, this is not about you. That you... And really, like, um, reassure the child so much because they are going to take it on. Look, and let's say mum and dad are getting a divorce, for instance, or they're separating. Um... You know, or they're already separated, but, you know, they come and there's always a bit of an argument. Oh, you left the bag behind or you did whatever, whatever, right? With separated parents, different things can happen. It's really important that we check in with the kid and that if they've experienced any any dysfunction around us, that they know that they are safe, that they are loved, that they are wanted. Mm. And the way parents are acting has got nothing to do with that. Mm. Even if, you know... and. And even if you, like, accidentally, you know, you snap at a child or whatever, you know, because you're tired and you've had something terrible happen, the kid doesn't understand it, it's really important to say, I'm really, really sorry. I, you know, I'm having a really bad day and there's no excuse for me to talk to you like that. You know, kids actually understand that. And that can help them not hold that trauma and be adults having to deal with it, you know? Let's allow kids to... Let's help their nervous system now so that they don't have to live into that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I've heard a couple um, child psychologists speak on why it's so important that we need to do that repair piece like you said we're all human like I fuck up like sometimes I'm like who the hell was that that just yelled at my kids it was me (laughs) it was me and it's so true like me going back and I don't care my son is two years old and and people sometimes you know we don't give our children enough credit Um, just because he can't fully articulate yet um, doesn't mean he's not absorbing everything so when I yell and if I scared him especially Mm. I will go down at his level and I did the same thing with my daughter and I'm like I'm so sorry and to as an adult to apologize to your child I think is so important because otherwise they're just absorbing it all as their fault you know and and like you were speaking into in the very beginning it's like there's something wrong with me otherwise who this woman that created me like hates me right now exactly and that's the kids going to take it like that so if we just look at it even like anywhere in life we have to take responsibility for our own behavior and our action and just because the person witnessing that is two years old you know if you were 
if you were in front of your friend and you yelled and you carried on, you would apologise, right? So why not do it to a child? Let's take full responsibility for our own behaviour and not, you know, project it onto that other person. Whether it's a baby, whether it's a two-year-old, a ten-year-old, just because they're a child. We think, because a lot of us, again, this is another trauma response, is we grew up in homes where it was like children were seen and not heard while I was right children were seen and not heard as if we weren't even human like we were just honestly like I grew up in a home where my mum I feel like she her kids and we still are we're just like her pets (laughs) she's I hear the way she talks to the dogs and she loves the dogs but it's like it's just about her you know but that's you know like um yeah, it, so this is part of the trauma. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was that I had the biggest aha moment when he said that. that um, it's it's not even about who's witnessing; it's you taking radical responsibility exactly. for you being like crazy in that moment. You know, like you taking responsibility, and I never even looked at it like that. That I never apologized because. When I um, was going through my separation with Aaliyah's dad, it was the most challenging time of my life. Um, It was so hard. Like, she saw me crying so much. There was so much trauma. And to this day, I mean, I have guilt about it. I know that, you know, it's just part of our journey, but I have so much guilt around that. But one of the things that I wish I had known was that I could have still apologized to her for lashing out or for just not being in a good place, even though she may not have been able to understand my words. She could feel my energy. A hundred percent. That's right. Like, and the other benefit in us taking responsibility, as you said, like radical responsibility, that's when we start to heal. So going back to like, how do we heal that core wounding, right? So we've you know, we start to identify it, you know, and sometimes it's hard to do it by yourself. That's when you often need a therapist to help you, like, really go back in there and, and sort of work out and really feel into that inner child. Plus, you know, it's not, you know, you can, I do body-based psychotherapy, so I can get someone in there, into their body, into the feeling, into, you know, like the parts that are constricted and and where the wound really is. But the other way is to do it is through breath work, where we're bypassing the conscious thinking, right? Because it takes quite a lot to get someone in that conscious state to that space because I've really got to get them actually down into their subconscious mind because all of this core wounding lives in the subconscious mind. And our conscious mind is like this automatic program that was developed through those, you know, from the subconscious mind back a long time ago. We created this this exterior it's a bit like if you look at a computer you've got like the way say windows works that's like the conscious mind but there's all the back end of it right and all and i don't know anything about computers <laughs> i'm sure there's all these other parts of it that actually they in those parts we can't see that's like the subconscious mind right the programming programming yeah it is the programming then make and then we look at we just use the we interface with the computer's um system so we're the same we're interfacing with what we see as reality but this core the from the core wounding we have a a reality that's from that subconscious mind and it's and so um 
we need to dissemble that reality. So we can so things like breath work where we bypass the conscious mind, we go into a an unordinary state of consciousness through a breathing technique. That way we can unwind the nervous system. We don't necessarily have to remember that time when mum and dad were having that fight. But our nervous system and our body, every cell holds it. And that's where we just like suddenly we're crying, we're screaming, and we're dis- we're discharging the nervous system finally from the trauma um, because trauma gets held there with, you know, if, if the child, like so for instance, um, if in that moment of trauma we're able to complete the trauma, right, this is another thing to help children today, see often our trauma has been incompleted. So let's say even something simple like a child falls over and it really hurts. Now, the child needs to cry and they need to shake. If we don't allow them that, we go, come, you're okay, you're okay, you know, be a brave boy, big boy, you know, that sort of thing. And the child just sort of can't cry and they just have to be, and they get distracted. There's an incompletion of the trauma response. So they need to be able to cry, shake, whatever. So allow, and sometimes parents can't allow that because they, you know, they get upset by it. But we need to hold space for for a child to disperse our trauma. So when we're an adult and we're doing the um, the breath work, this is what kind of comes up. Mm. So that's one way. But then, yeah, I wanted to talk into then what else we... Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what you said was, again, just like such an aha moment for me about the completion part so when there's a there's an external stimuli that creates a trauma for the child there needs to be that release to complete that cycle and it's so true it's like when we and I've I've worked on myself a lot since having my daughter to having my son of allowing that that crying to come because when my daughter cried, it triggered me like I can't even tell you. Mm. I don't know why, but it's like I needed it to stop. So mm. whether it was like just trying to expedite it, you're fine. Like exactly as you said, you're fine. Or being like, what are you crying about? Which is, by the way, abusive. Yeah. That is so abusive. Um, like the the fact that this child is having this surge of chemistry going through her body and she's afraid she doesn't know what's going on to have the person who's supposed to love her the most invalidate what she's going through is extremely abusive and I totally acknowledge that so I've done a lot of work around that I'm like how could I but I realized that I was so wounded it was my trauma I was severely neglected as a little girl Mm. like severely neglected Um, I have like no memory of my childhood before the age of five Mm. because that's how much trauma I experienced Mm. and when I've done breath work one of the things that came up for me was a remembrance of being left a lot like Mm. being like so afraid so afraid so I never had that nurturing mother that was like it's gonna be okay and I realized how much that was you know a disservice to my daughter so when you said about that completion thing that is so huge and when I first did breath work um all of these things came out that I was like what the heck was that it was completely involuntary like you said you completely 
bypass the the conscious mind, get to the root of where the trauma is trapped, and then it begins to release. So exactly. it's so not releasing through the cells, and and that's a beautiful thing with breath work because, and especially why like for both men and women, but you know, I think it's a great therapy for for men because they often don't want to talk about their emotions. Women are easier to access these emotions. Um, but, you know, with breathwork, we don't need to do that. We can just... And, also, you know, all sorts of images can come up, but also none. It can just be all complete sensation. But then your life starts to change and it feels different. But just going back, you know, to, say, a child today and the child's, you know, got some, like, experience trauma. And, like, even let's let's say, you know, you were someone, you know, your parent was yelling or you were upset. And then allowing the child to express the emotions, like, how do you feel? And, you know, if there's tears coming. And, I, you know, I've, I used to work with a little seven-year-old girl and take care of her. And I remember this moment where I just, you know, I used to just say, to, you know, she'd get upset and frustrated with her brother or whatever and tears. And usually what adults around and the other adults around would do, they'd say to her, you know, no, you're okay. And, and, and here, you can have that book. And, you know, like they try to sort out the arguments and fart. And I just said, you know, I looked at her and I went to her and I said, how do you feel? And she's like, didn't like it when you did that and she's and I and I said and what else is it and what else and all this emotion came out and I just kept holding space for her and saying and what else and what else and she just could like you know and just keep the crying and 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 speaking in she spoke very well this little girl but some kids it just might be and you know and just allowing them to fully discharge that emotion and, you know, and it might even be, you know, your child comes home from school and they've had a really tough day at school and something, and they've had to hold those emotions in all day, you know, different things. And this is where they need that time to be able to cry. And you can actually, I don't know much about this, but, you know, there are some great parenting systems I've heard around now where you, and where you actually say, okay, let's, you know, let's spend 10 minutes talking about and getting the big emotions out mm. and what else happened and let them really cry it out and feel frustrated and that must have felt really angry I was yeah I was really angry and let them feel all those emotions mm. and then you know so they they've got that space to do yeah I totally um subscribe to all of that and you know in my journey I've learned thank God, um, I started um, getting mentored by um, a child psychologist who really helped me understand, you know, what, how I was projecting my trauma onto my daughter. Mm. And now it is so different. And I can totally agree with what you, what you said. So when she cries now, as much as it still, it still triggers me, don't get me wrong. Mm. I'm like, make this stop. (laughs) But, but I will go up to her and I will hold her and, and she'll, sometimes she'll scream. She's like, she will rage. Mm. Right. And, um, my initial response would be like, okay, go to your room. This is nuts. But now I'm like, I let her, I'll put her on me and I will let her seem like, that feels really big, doesn't it? She's like, yes. yeah. I'm like, it feels so big. I'm like, it's okay. And she's like, I'm embarrassed. The other day she screamed when her cousins were over and she was so embarrassed. And her cousin is just a little dream. And she goes, that's okay. I sometimes scream too. But Aaliyah was still so embarrassed. I went over to her and I said, do you know what Mia said? She's like, what? I'm like, she said, she screams too. And I'm like, and guess what, babe? 
I scream too. I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, you're always safe to share your emotions with me. I'm telling you, when I hold space, that's how you expedite, you know, like make it stop, make it stop. Let your child be seen. That's how you'll make it stop. That's, That's the right, quickest yeah. way. And and what then develops is um, someone who actually, un- like from a child, from a very young age, they learn emotional intelligence, right? And so then as they're growing older, they understand about their own emotions. Then they can learn to regulate their emotions and learn to control because a child doesn't have the cognitive ability of how to um, regulate their own emotions. They do need the adults around them. And then we've got adults around us who are completely dysregulated. So what chance do we have as a kid? But, you know, also sometimes your child you know, those emotions they're experiencing can also be our own as well. Like she's picking up maybe some of your own trauma and because, you know, we are carrying our ancestral DNA, right? So she may be experiencing, you know, this may be the first time anyone in your ancestral line has actually been able to experience this. There may have been generations and generations of suppression Mm -hmm. and oppression and, you know, shutdown or, you know, yeah, injustices. And even though this might just seem really minor what's ever happening in her actual environment right now, like, you know, someone didn't share with her or something, it could, it can feel really big because it could feel like, you know what, this happened 10 generations ago. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> when, we, the parents... when we were starving and no one gave us food. And, and oh, my is, God. It's in the DNA, you know. But so it's we... so true, babe. I never even thought about it like that. So for the parents listening, like, holy shit, if this isn't making you, like, radically think differently it's like it's like so insane because okay so your child may be having a temper tantrum over the fact that you are not giving them something and it but we don't know because we're not in the mind of our child and in the body of our child to know what it what other trauma it has triggered and it could be you know something ancestral something so completely unrelated but that that your child is feeling in the moment and the present moment is the opportunity for us to heal all of the stuff exactly so all if they the really stuff. get all of that emotion out right then that may be healing so many other wounds from the past like fully dispersing so you know yeah if you get that opportunity to hold that space and they can really let it out and then it might be another one another one but then it's you know allowing them also to learn how to regulate you know you know, once they've really like let it all out, whether it's the screaming, the crying, and then it's like, and how do you feel now? And what do you need? And that's another thing I just want I wanted to touch on with the core wounding. So it's not always what happened to us, it's sometimes what didn't happen. So the hug that didn't happen, mm-hmm. the acknowledgement that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and this is what we often the child is missing you know what do they need so when we're going back to our core wounding we've got to also work out in our own you know yeah we have this feeling this memory of and sometimes we know exactly what you know happened and and then we want to find out what didn't happen what did we need and this is where we have to self-parent because when we are triggered just going back to like just ourselves when we're being triggered we're actually like the child again. You know, let's say the wounding happened at three, um, you know, and we're having a situation with our partner and we're feeling like, you know, there's something wrong with us or, you know, feeling completely abandoned, that we're not worthy of love. It's it's actually 
it's our three-year-old that's running our life, right? So we're acting from that. And so this whole making that other person wrong and all of that, it's the three-year-old. So we have to self-parent now. Right, so self-parent is like what we're doing with our kids, but we do. We've got to do that to ourselves. We've got to go. Okay, what did I need? I actually needed. I needed to be reassured. I needed to be able to express and cry and be held and not to be made wrong and that feel like there was something wrong with me. And so that's what we have to. So we don't have our parents now to do. We can't go to our parents. It's not about going and blaming and shaming our parents for you know, not giving us a perfect childhood. We as adults now have to self-parent. So we've got to go, okay, what do I need? Right, I need some time to myself. I need to give some self-love to myself. I need to maybe be around, you know, if my partner's not able to hold that space for me because he's in his own trauma, maybe I'm going to go see, like, my girlfriend. I'm going to go be around someone you know that I know can give me some emotional support and just go hey look I just need you know like can we sit down and have a have a coffee and like have a chat or you know just really and even even better so is just being able to receive that love from ourselves so it might mean that we go and do our own little bit of therapy in our bed you know I do things like you know I'm really feeling into this and I'm really feeling the devastation of how it feels to you know like lose this love again to feel you know like there's something wrong with me and I just grab a pillow and I hug it and like and I imagine this is myself as a child and I reassure myself that you know what I'm okay you know that this is just my trauma and that I can change this now you know and remember who I am you know, and just move from that space and put myself in a safe space. Like maybe it is like, okay, this person has avoidance all the time. I need to be in a relationship where I get closeness. Maybe this isn't the right relationship for me. You know, I need to be able to state my boundaries, be able to speak up and go, you know what, I need I need reassurance in my life and put myself in safe places. So it's like if I have a child and we, we've got to just, we just keep taking it back to like, you know, we're a little kid. If we, we're not going to continue to put our child in unsafe places where they're neglected, where they're not seen, where they're not loved. So why do we do that to ourselves? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's, so, it's so true. And I love what you said on... Like reparenting ourselves, like I see mm. that is a common thing in high performers. Yeah. Like literally, because well, high performers that are also fulfilled, as in they they not only have the career they want, but their personal life is in complete shambles. Because I do the exact same thing. So when I'm experiencing loss, or I'm going through something, or if I feel imposter syndrome, or like I failed at something in business, or anything like that like I will talk to little Mars Mm. and I'll be like I'm here for you it's okay to feel this way Mm. I know you're scared I'm here for you and it's funny because it's now the things I say to Aaliyah but I realize that me as a 37 year old woman I still need it I still need to be spoken to like that because that little girl still exists within me exactly and that's where the core wounding is always going to be there. We heal it, but we have to continually 
keep reassessing and checking in on ourselves. How do I feel about this situation? Is this healthy for me? Is this the right relationship for me? Is these the right, you know, organisation for me to work in? Am I really being seen and nourished here and, and, um, and held in a space so I can reach my highest potential? Or am I being put down, suppressed, abused? It's not about toughening up because that's putting more abuse on ourselves. Just going, you know what, this isn't the right space for me. These people are not calibrated to me. This partner is not calibrated to me. And, you know, because we've got to keep make sure that we are calibrated to ourselves and then and, and, and ensure that we are with people that are calibrating to us and in, in a nourishing way. It's not putting blame on them. It's just going, okay, this isn't the right thing for me calibrated or aligned you can sort of say in different ways like that and um yeah sometimes that's when it's you know knowing like that's having boundaries having healthy boundaries it's just like your, you know if you were let's say if your child was having a lot of problems at school and being bullied you're not going to continue saying no you've got to go play with that bully over and over again you're going to go no you know what that's just not the right person for you to play with I think we should find some other friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Say that to yourself. I know it's then so we're clear. Go find some better friends. Exactly, now. <laughs> it's so clear when we're talking about our kids or someone that we love. It's like it's so clear the boundary that needs to happen. One is for ourselves. It's somehow we are willing to tolerate more, and that's why we, mm. this work is so important. And that's because we willing to tolerate more is our trauma response. And as you mentioned before about the high performers. Often high performers is trauma response mm-hmm. because when the trauma happened when they were a kid or something happened, another one goes, I'm just going to be the best. I'm going to like show everyone that I am worthy. So I'm going to be the fastest runner. I'm going to be the smartest kid at school. And they keep achieving, achieving, achieving. But that's where sometimes imposter syndrome comes up or they'll, you know, you'll hear people that are so high achiever, they make loads of money, they're like the CEO, they do this, and yet they're completely sad inside their life still feels unsatisfied. They can't have fulfilling, loving relationships because all, that's when they know. That's when if you've got that pattern going on and you've got, wow, you know what, I've got everything I ever wanted and I keep achieving, I'm fantastic at manifesting, yet my life still feels completely empty. I don't feel love. I don't feel any connection to anything in the world. You've got to know that all that achievement is from trauma mm-hmm. and then you've got to go okay what is it i really need mm, oh and it's great God. that you've been able to achieve you know you can still use that but you've got to keep going back because at the end of the day we every person we just want to be seen we want to be loved we want to feel fulfilled in love we want to go out and we want to feel joy and happiness and abundance and have massive energy right <clears throat> so we're not experiencing that we've got to go okay why Mm-hmm. What is what? It, where do I look in my life that I need to heal mm. this pattern that always just yeah I get all that and then next thing I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And with the high performers, it's like you know, for for many of us, at least when it started, what triggered that initial thing was trauma, and then it was like. How can I prove that I'm good enough? Oh, mm. I'm going to prove that I'm worthy mm. by being the best at this, this, this. And we really got to look at. You know, because that attempt of proving our good enoughness is really our attempt to be seen. But if you are not willing to see yourself, 
why are you expecting the world to see you? And that is where, you know, we need to make that that connection and be like, okay, no, I got to do the inner work and allow myself to be seen doing the reparenting work, that um, healing the, the core wound. Once I'm willing to see myself, now everything I go out and do in the external world is actually going to fucking feel good. Exactly. And because when, you know, particularly you pointed out about feeling seen and then then we go back into you know the reason is often is that we weren't seen by one of the parents you know um and you know I see a quite a common theme is um like this can be quite a typical um is that for men who are high achievers so the men who are high achievers often they have a core wounding the mother, what I call the mother wound. So the mother was very loving, but she was very emotional and very dysregulated in her own. Maybe she was having trauma and often by a quite aggressive father. You know, whether he was abusive or he was dismissive, avoidant, and he was a high achiever. And so often then that man will achieve, he'll want to prove himself to his father because the father never saw him, but then he can't deal with any of his own emotions or the feminine's emotions because they become overwhelming because it's it's like the mother and then the mo- he the mother has projected onto the son for him to be like the man you know often you know if there's been abandonment from the father the um the mother will you know with a son she will like go you know now you're the man of the house you're my big boy. Mm. And and so he that's the typical boy who becomes a high achiever because he never got to be a little boy. He couldn't feel his emotions. He wasn't allowed to cry and scream. So he either acted out and be naughty or he became a high achiever. It's so true. I see that pattern so much. Completely parenthified the, the, the little boy. Mm. And those are the ones that, you know, like they are successful, but they're so cold and shut off. And I just see a scared little boy in there winning these awards and having the nice car and the beautiful house and the beautiful women around him is a scared, lonely little boy. They're lonely because they haven't been fully seen. They're not allowing themselves to be fully seen because they're not allowing... They'll just go for, like, superficial relationships and they can't... And then that's where, you know, if the relationships gets too deep, you know, they'll they'll um, do the avoidant. That's why we get the typical is the masculine is the avoidant, the feminine is the attached one. And, you know, and, of course, they will, you know... And it's it's just this play out again of that. And then you, you know, often have the feminine who will be having the daddy wound and she's like abandoned from the man that she first fell in love with which was her father the boy is his first love with his mother you know and so these two uh you know they're going to uh, have a um an interest and it's just typical that's why probably have you know 50 percent divorce and mm. relationships falling apart all the time it's all just you know, not dealing with our own childhood wounding. Yeah, and like you said about that, that teaching, that um, Buddhist teaching is, it's that relationship is the pathway to enlightenment because yes. it reveals all. You know, if you are willing to stick around to have it reveal all, um, it it really pulls out all of your core trauma so yeah. that you have the opportunity to heal it. So for me, it's an opportunity to heal my stuff. 
Exactly. And look, this is where we get to that next level is once we've kind of, we've dealt with that, you know, how our wounding and things that have happened with us, you know, like, you know, we, we may have been in abusive relationships and, you know, not to dismiss the victim, we have to, you know, really like be with that one and, and work with that core wound in the inner child. And, but then why, like, you know, relationships is a pathway to enlightenment is we can use our relationships as our greatest spiritual growth because once we've healed the core wounding and we've got an understanding we and we can achieve that, you know, beautiful feeling in our life and we know that we can achieve anything we like, we're not being held back, we've undone all the conditioning and all the programming as well, well, then that's where we can have a full awakening and we can be enlightened and we can take it to that next level. And then we get to see that all those experiences that we had, including the family that we were born into, um, how this has actually allowed us to be um, greater than we thought we could ever be, where we have way more like compassion, more knowledge, understanding of the whole world. And, yeah, and this is... This is this is one of the greatest spiritual um, awakenings that we can have through having the shitty childhood, basically. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, and yeah, and, and bad relationships and all of that. I love that. So is there, so we talked about breathwork. Is there anything else that you want to add in terms of how we can, um, like any other modalities yeah. that we can use to heal this, this core wound absolutely so i you know working with a good therapist consistently is good I, i'm very much believing not um therapy hopping so at least work with someone for a significant amount of time if that person works because that way because this doesn't you know you're only scratching the surface in the first you know couple of sessions you've got to go deeper 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 and that person's got to you know your therapist can unwind that for you slowly so yeah you're doing breath work again breath work is like not just the odd breath work session you need to do consistently many like 10 20 breathing sessions until you get to the place where your breath work becomes a source of bliss because you unwind all of the trauma and then you get full kundalini awakening and once you've got that which is your vital life force flowing through you then your life really starts to show up you start to manifest but as you're working with someone there's lots of things like i love journal writing journal writing just allowing everything to come out on paper where i do automatic writing so any of those emotions and those feelings it's just great to like write it out so i have a daily practice of every morning doing you know five ten minutes of automatic writing doing it again in the evening having morning and daily practices whether you know doing some meditation or some just gentle breathing or whether it's some exercise so anything that helps you to regulate your nervous system so understanding your nervous system when you know you need to learning how to calm the nervous system down so if you're in a trauma response how do you quickly manage yourself and get out of that using breathing is is great for that and it's not like okay when people say oh you know you say you've got anxiety and you're you're or you're upset you just had an argument with someone it's not deep breathing it's light slow breathing you need to breathe lightly in and take long breaths out so understanding and from the belly so not big breaths into the chest that creates more anxiety so you know 
eating well, nourish, nourishing your body can definitely help your nervous system as well to stay calm. Doing, you know, exercise that you love that, you know, allows the a release of endorphins is really great. So, mm. yeah, so there's lots of different healthy modalities that you can use. And, you know, there's not just one. I love to come back to breath work and um, coaching because they're, they're just the fastest way of mm-hmm. going there you can just do the work really well but then you have your daily practice no point doing this work and then you're eating junk food and it's affecting your nervous system because your digestion's all out of place and you're smoking cigarettes and you're drinking every time you feel stressed you know if you want to do the work and you want to heal the core wounds you need to give up things like alcohol even be aware of coffee these overstimulation when you've got see a lot of this stuff i'm talking about when it's in a you know a severe state like for myself instance you know I do have CPTSD so it's complex post-traumatic stress or childhood post-traumatic stress from my childhood and so there's a lot of things that I need to keep in place that allow me to um, be able to function in the world without my nervous system getting completely dysregulated Mm-hmm. Now, once, because I know this work and I've been doing this work, if my nervous system gets dysregulated through something, I know how to quickly bring it back. But it's, but it's because I've got practices in place that also allow my nervous system not to go crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that you said that um, you can do the things that you, that you recommend are most powerful is the breath work and the coaching, but then also having the daily things that you're mm. doing to kind of keep it in place. And then also just remembering that we are like one complete being. It's not like we're not different parts of us aren't working in isolation. So what you are eating is impacting your emotions. What you are drinking, it's impacting your emotions. Exactly. It's so insane to me that we want holistic health, but we're not willing to take a holistic perspective. So that's what I loved about what you said Milim, you are amazing. I absolutely love this conversation so much. There was so much wisdom, so much knowledge. I just know that our listeners are going to get so much from this. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.